Greetings, everyone. Welcome. A brand new way of being. It's a high vibration variety show. I've got some music, comedy, most interesting guests, fantastic conversation with a wide variety of minds and hearts that make up our collective we. My name is Brian Bruno. This is Apple Ridge Farm and we're in Sellersburg, Pennsylvania. We're a seven acre farm. We produce certified naturally grown produce. We do hydroponic produce. We have a wood fired brick oven bakery. We do a lot of value added products. We do pasture raised chicken, eggs, uh, and pork. We also keep about 14 beehives. What makes Apple Ridge Farm unique is, is the extreme diversity we have here. Instead of trying to do a whole lot of one thing, we, do, we try to do a little bit of everything, and, and I think by doing that, each thing is better for it. Nature is that way. Nature is very diverse, there's, you know, and, and, and things are constantly changing, and there's, there's ecosystems within other ecosystems, and there really is no waste, because uh, the waste from one thing is the start of the next thing. If we have a ton of eggplant that didn't sell over the weekend, then Brian's like, how can we use this? How can we translate this into a value-added food or put it on a focaccia? And even if it does go in the trash, it's going to piggies and chickens. <laughs> we're always trying new things. Like uh, this week we're working on making, uh, we, we make pizzas here, so we're, we're making our own cheese. So I'm really excited to see how the cheese is gonna turn out this week. We're, we're actually, we're just talking today about mushrooms, so there might be mushrooms down the road. The more you learn about food, the more you read, the more you, you realize how the food system works, the more you see it firsthand, being it, part of it, you just realize you know, the right way to do something. The more you know, the more you can't go back to, to doing something a different way. It makes me feel good selling it to other people, too, that I know what all went into it, who touched that, you know, that nothing was sprayed on it, nothing was genetically modified, so that makes me feel really good about it working here and being here and working as a team here. You know, everyone believes in that sort of thing. It's a really good environment to be in. It's healthier food. I think it's healthier for people. I think it's also healthier for the planet. It's a responsible thing to do. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Collectively, ready? Everybody answer on three. One, two, three. That's a lot of answers. That's a lot of answers and it gives me even more questions. First question I have for you is, are you ready for today's episode? This is my second episode on BBS radio, the great BBS radio that I've only just discovered. I love this platform. I love these guys. What a fantastic family owned, amazing opportunity for so, and so many, so many options on how to you know run your show your page your guests your links they do it all i mean it's like every station everything is covered 
everything is covered. They're amazing. So far, what I've seen is they're amazing. Thank you very much, Donald and Douglas, for all of the amazing work you do. And I'm going to stop saying amazing because it's so immature and I'm trying to grow up. I really am. I mean, in just small ways. But I'm really excited about today's first guest because it's a great interview. It's one of my favorite interviews for so many reasons. I mean, the content is awesome. This is Brian Bruno from Apple Ridge Farms in Sailorsburg, PA. And he is one of uh, many, many busy farmers, creators, feeders, cleaner-uppers, emergency tend-toers on their farm. And the most amazing thing about their farm in Sailorsburg, PA, is their sustainability, is what they do uh, to steward the land, to keep the natural cycles, natural tendencies, everything as close to nature as possible with as least interference as possible. And it just shows, I mean, we sat there in this kitchen with uh, one of these old fashioned phones hanging on the wall. I don't mean just a landline. I mean the kind that, you know, <laughs> the original bell telephones and just little plantings around and nice sounds outside and so many wonderful things. And the most wonderful thing, my friend Christy, our friend Christy Coaches, who has passed and we miss her very, very much. And she was there sitting at the table as well, off camera. We enjoyed that day so very much. And that day, that day was years ago. So much has happened. And that interview went from one iPhone to another broken iPhone. Finally got downloaded. Oh, as soon as I download the Apple Ridge Farms thing, I'll post that and my channel will be up and running because this is a good this is good, helpful information. And, and it's literally years later. I'm not sure how many. I think it must be two, over two. It was the summer, I think, Christy passed, maybe even the summer before. Anyway, we're going to get right to it. We're going to get right to it. Um, we're also going to play a little intro from their website. They have a you know, a little two-minute video that explains uh, the highlights of their farm. And then we will enjoy the interview with Brian Bruno from Apple Ridge Farms from the past. You're living in the past, man. We're bringing it into the present. This is the now show. We're just doing things now. We're, we're not waiting for anything. There's no waiting. Do it now. Here we are.
I would like to give a few shout outs here to some fantastic supporters, some local businesses whose local business is well worth repeating and repeating and repeating. One of my favorite repeat businesses on both of our ends is Butler's Flat. Butler's Flat is this adorable, small clam shack. There's a little clam shack, North Shore, Long Island, Port Washington, famous, famous Long Island Sound, where Amelia Earhart apparently took off, where the first first um, boat planes, whatever they were called, I don't know. They, so much information along the beautiful walkway here in Port Washington, New York. Um, this dockside, harbor side, beautiful wooden deck, plenty of tables, low tops, high tops, two tops, four tops, six tops, they could do parties, they could do everything, and you're just right there on the water, and the sunsets are unmatchable, and the swans come by, and the birds come by, and it's so lovely, but the food... The food is fantastic. They specialize in lobster rolls and local seafood. And um, when I first moved here, it was November. They had just closed a month ago. And they had a sign about crispy rock shrimp tacos. And a sign that said, see you in May. And I stood there with a completely growling belly and non-growling dog, Jupiter. And we, we said, well, what can we do? What can we do about these crispy rock shrimp tacos? What even is a, uh, a rock shrimp? I guess it's the kind of shrimp. Figure that out. It's, it's been a long, I've come a long way with my terminology now at Butler's Flat because, um, They've got chowder. They've got a, a, a fisherman's chowder, a seafood chowder. It's delicious. And nothing fancy like the cutlery or anything. I mean, you're, you're pretty much almost on the beach. You're, a, you're above water, which is good. You know, this is a dockside. Fantastic location. They have Montauk crisp, refreshing adult beverages. They have my favorite um, black cherry Boylan's, <clears throat> excuse me, couldn't think of the name, Boylan's sodas, which I think are wonderful. They have wine. So you could sit there, they have burgers, cheeseburgers, shrimp, uh, their coleslaw is fantastic. Little chips. Everything is served so perfectly. I mean, the burger is like just the right size. You know, I know if you're a big guy, maybe a giant burger is what you want to shove in your mouth. But I cannot even, I need to be able to hold a burger and it's not like overwhelming. This is an excellent size burger for 
a he or a she. All right. I, um, it's late. It's been a long day and I've announced my comedy tour, my comedy tour kicking off eight cities starting November 11th, 11, 11. It's a portal day. And between now and then I'm going back to Butler's flat to do some more relaxing, unwinding and post-production work. It's the cat's pajamas to sit there with my laptop and edit like fabulous family portraits with a beer and a what did I have the other day I had a beer which turned into another taller one it like grew somehow it's just the magic of the North Shore and I had a New England clam chowder just perfect and I had a grilled cheese to go for my roommate and everything's just done so well easy peasy well you know it ain't easy peasy they make it seem that way my dog was not with me sometimes I bring him one time I brought him and sat down and he ended up lunging after another dog and the leash was attached to the table which pulled it it was a six top and so let's say it was attached at the north west corner he pulled it southeast and so the six top which is two square tables put together with six chairs around them all kind of went sliding with him yeah, I mean, I stopped it as soon as I could, you know, but pretty much all of those items dragged across the the deck there in front of everybody. And I was like, I'll be here all week. So we're taking, we're not taking, he's going to be on the tour too. Just wait till you see, you're going to love it. Anyway, without further ado, I want to um, bring on my next interview brian bruno apple ridge farms everybody please check them out i mean they provide the breads and stuff for for the eastern farmers market which has a farm to table which is their farm and other things they make their own dough they make everything that goes into the pizzas at scratch they um they use everything they use every part of their farm they're pretty amazing and it's really hard to do it's really really hard to do so i commend them and i hope you enjoy this interview so check them out and uh let us know what you think in the comments like subscribe consider a free or paid subscription get early content check out our merch check out our classes check out the upcoming photography show densities it is 3d to 5d conversation in photos all right thanks so much for listening i thank you all for your continued support and enjoy the show
My name is Brian Bruno. This is Apple Ridge Farm, and we're in Sellersburg, Pennsylvania. We're a seven-acre farm. We produce certified naturally grown produce. We do hydroponic produce. We have a wood-fired brick oven bakery. We do a lot of value-added products. We do pasture-raised chicken, eggs, uh, and pork. We also keep about 14 beehives. What makes Apple Ridge Farm unique is, is the extreme diversity we have here. Instead of trying to do a whole lot of one thing, we do we try to do a little bit of everything, and, and I think by doing that, each thing is better for it. Nature is that way. Nature is very diverse. There's, you know, and, and, and things are constantly changing, and there's there's ecosystems within other ecosystems, and there really is no waste because uh, the waste from one thing is the start of the next thing. If we have a ton of eggplant that didn't sell over the weekend, then Brian's like, "How can we use this? How can we translate this into a value-added food or put it on a focaccia?" And even if it does go in the trash, it's going to piggies and chickens. <laughs> we're always trying new things. Like uh, this week we're working on making, uh, we, we make pizzas here, so we're, we're making our own cheese. So I'm really excited to see how the cheese is going to turn out this week. We're, we're actually, we're just talking today about mushrooms, so there might be mushrooms down the road. The more you learn about food, the more you read, the more you, you realize how the food system works, the more you see it firsthand, being a part of it, you just realize, you know, the right way to do something. The more you know, the more you can't go back to, to doing something a different way. It makes me feel good selling it to other people, too, that I know what all went into it, who touched that, you know, that nothing was sprayed on it, nothing was genetically modified. So that makes me feel really good about working here and being here and working as a team here. You know, everyone believes in that sort of thing. It's a really good environment to be in. It's healthier food, I think it's healthier for people, I think it's also healthier for the planet. It's the responsible thing to do. We were just talking about um, the fictitious information that's sometimes in the stores about what's GMO, about what's fat free, about what's organic. How it, it's all very confusing. It's um, I mean um, let me tell you, last week my girlfriend was at Wegmans and called me and said, "Hey, can you help me figure out chicken?" You know, and it took us twenty minutes to I you know. Stand there for she so said, long. She said the organic chicken says um, the organic chicken says this, but the not organic, the natural chicken says no. What does it say? No antibiotics or uh, hormones or whatever. You know, but. Then I know like the USDA has said to me, because um, we actually put on our label, you know, chicken uh, not fed any any antibiotics or hormones. And he, the guy said to me, oh, you can't put that because all chicken, by law, can't contain antibiotics and hormones at the time that it's butchered. Okay. And I said, well, yeah, but mine says fed. And he said, oh, okay, you're all right then. But but the thing is, like, uh, it's, again, marketing. You could say all chicken technically by law, I believe, has to be antibiotic or hormone free mm -hmm. you know in the meat like mm -hmm. you can't so if you're given you know and, and a lot of a lot of your labels on antibiotics different things will say um you know there's a time that you you know that between when you can do it and when you can harvest mm -hmm. um so that it doesn't show up in the meat so it, you know it's, it's right. interesting it doesn't yeah. mean that it, a lot of times it doesn't mean that it wasn't used in the process yeah it just so basically so, there's no way a consumer would know all this if you're reading it you just see so know this and know that I, and i'm gonna get it and you know a, a farmer that was next to me in one of the farmers markets said to me he said, <laughs> he said man he said you know we are we do notice that local farms that the farmers markets are on the decline and we're losing a lot of market share for the big you know he said to me he said you know a lot of my customers have been saying that they're buying this new uh pork from uh from the you know the local grocery store he said so i went in there to check it out i want to see what it was 
And he said, so I looked, I looked in the packages, I Googled the name. He said, it was a, it was a division of Hatfield Farms. They just, yeah. you know, they took one farm and changed the name. You know, um, once you get information, then they change names so that now MSG isn't called MSG anymore. Yeah. And you can't. And if a little farm, if a little, a little company's doing well and is gaining new stuff, you know, the big guys will buy them. You know, um, example, I believe like Honest Tea, I believe, is owned by PepsiCo. You know, right. like, like you get, yeah. you get it going and the big guys, they, they'll buy you. Um, but it is, it's confusing even, even for me trying to figure out, you know, uh, how to, you know, cause I don't do uh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts. So my girlfriend needed some and was at uh-huh. the store. I, it took us a while. And even then we were still confused at what actually she got or what was better. So and I, I always tell people the best way to know what you're eating is you've got to really know where it came from. If you can't trace it back to a farm, you Go can't ahead. really trust that a brand name, you know, even like, has your back. <laughs> yeah. Even like yeah. with milk, if you mentioned Klein Farms, like, you can go to Klein Farms. You know, it's a family. You can ask yep. Lane Klein, how That's did you right. produce your milk? Like, and, and but you know, if you're buying like a, a big name brand, you're buying from a lot of farms. You know, and you're trusting that they have the standards that you want. You're trusting that they have the oversight to maintain those standards. And it's like you're putting a lot of trust into a corporation. That's right. And uh, if there's one thing we've learned from corporations is that they're about profits more than they're about right. doing what's right. So even a lot of you know a lot of the big. Um, Producers have been, you know, you see all these things, you know, oh, this, uh, a lot of big dairies have been found that were organic that actually weren't organic. Um, so, I mean, I always tell people, like, you know, the supermarkets will always make it more convenient, but the... Um, Find your local farm and but, be able to know where... Yeah, they're going to make it convenient and they're going to make it sound good and they're yeah. going to make it, you know, and sometimes it is good, but yeah. a lot of times it's too good to be true. Right. You and know, then they and have something, you have a giant supermarket, and then they have an aisle that says, Health food, and you're like, okay, what's all this? Yeah, another another huge piece of that is that. um, Just make sure we're going. I'm so sorry. Very. Yeah. Um, We have someone here to pick up proceeds from biochar sales. Yes, we owe him a hundred bucks. That's yeah, we we ask him. I think we owe him for two cases. Two cases. Because you paid him for the first case. Uh, It's the wife and kids. It looks like. No. No. It's Ivan. But then, didn't we pay him for the first case? Ask him. I think he gave us three cases. I think we paid him for one. So I think we all wanted to go. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was not the same guy that came by. Oh, it should be. He called. Maybe he just looks different. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. He broke up with the Yeah. Ask him if he can write us an invoice of some kind. Okay. Because we, you know, we got yeah. like, you know, just even can write it down for the, for the three. Just tell him to just write it on a piece of paper that I can use. Does that phone get reception anywhere uh, out of this house? Yeah. So I can do some business calls that phone. Oh, yeah. It goes to the bakery. Um, about the... Uh, oh, yeah. So, the, the, I mean, and the other thing, too, about this, um, you know, like, um, organic, and, and people always will, will say to me, like, you know, a lot of people will say, ah, you know, like, oh, we think organic is baloney, it's not, like, I ha- I, I'm not certified organic, I'm certified naturally grown. Right. But I have... Um, Look through the organic application. I have, um, you know, we looked into it. Just but the record keeping was more than we could. We right. could keep it up seems with. like it just is such an obstacle to, but you don't but necessarily I will say, need it when you just I, grow it the right way. Right. But I will say I respect it. Like it does mean something. Um, it doesn't mean so. For example, when you we talk about talk about chicken, um, you can have organic chicken that never eats grass, um, which to me doesn't that doesn't mean healthy chicken. Right. But it does mean clean chicken. Okay. You know, because um, organic does. In my opinion, mean no chemicals. Mm-hmm. It means no GMOs. I mean, there are standards, and then so it is a, a, a. But when you go, when you look at, um, you know, farming, I feel like as it scales up, it's harder and harder to be sustainable. Right. Um, 
you know, it doesn't matter if you have, uh, you know, for, for, for me, for this kind of farming that we do, just to use chickens as an example, I really don't think I can have a flock of chickens that has more than 200 birds in it. Um, without being too much of a manure load on the on the ground, without being you know, right, without like there is there are limits, but there are natural limits that yeah. make sense, right? So if you have a if you have a let's say a chicken house, that so has, how many chickens do you have? Uh, we have two flocks. Each one is about 150 birds. Okay. Um, and we I mean we were approached years ago by uh, Whole Foods, and they said, hey, you know, we have micro loans, we have this and that, like we will give you money to produce a lot more um, eggs, you know, in their, in their New York City stores, you know, I, I sat down, I thought about it, and I said, I said, you know, there's no way I can do that volume the right way. So, like, what you like about me would be ruined if I tried to That's sell right. to you yeah. your volume, yeah. you know, yeah. um, unless you contradict know, what they're looking for. They kind of. I mean, unless there's a whole lot of really small flocks, because really, that's so much work, and, and I'm honestly, that's a whole other issue, is, you know, it's finding good health. Yeah. Know. Um. So, but but that is an issue, you know. So you get these bigger, bigger, you know. You have uh, these still if you have these giant monocrop farms. They have their issues. Um, if you have giant, you know, if you have a poultry house that has half a million birds in it, um, you still you're concentrating manure. You still have all these environmental and and social issues that come with, you know. Um, so like you know when, when we got away from the small diverse family farm, I really feel like we got away from overall sustainability. Right. So organic doesn't necessarily mean sustainable. It doesn't necessarily mean healthy. It, but it does mean clean. Right. Um, so and that, you don't need organic, am, am I correct, in things that have like a thick skin, like bananas or... That I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say because... It doesn't grow underground. Like, you know, you wouldn't waste money on an organic well, potato, but I kind of feel like that it's I would, no I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because I yeah. read that the, the potatoes uh, from Idaho that are for specific potatoes, I don't remember if they're McDonald's French fries or something like that, they're treated with a pesticide where they actually have to be put in these giant... Um, they have to be actually put in uh, in warehouses for a certain amount of time to gas off all that. Oh stuff. my god! Um, Gross. Because oh, there's a lot of chemicals that, that that are used in the ground for yeah. for things and fungicides and, yeah. and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. And you were saying when I first met you, uh, way back, way back when we go way back to two days ago, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you look the same. You yeah. changed a bit. Um, that it starts with the soil, but even before then. Do we want to go through the process of uh, how things... Yeah, well, and just to talk about, again, they're talking about like organic farming versus conventional farming. Organic farming is you're really, and when you're talking about vegetables and things, you're, um, you're managing soil. So you're, letting, you're, you're managing soil to make healthy soil, and the soil feeds the plants. Um, with conventional farming, you're, 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 you're relying on um, soluble plant-available you know, chemical fertilizers. Them. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, you, you, you put down a, a whole bunch of liquid fertilizer that the plants can immediately take up. But what they don't take up ends up in the environment. You know, some of it some of it in the soil, some of it, in you know, downstream, you know, ultimately yeah. into the ocean. Right. Um, with organic farming, you're, 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 taking, um, you're taking whole things. You're taking, um, um, you know, just basic inputs, and you're letting the soil uh, biome or whatever make it available to the plant. So the fungus, the bacteria, you know, um, they're breaking these things down. They're making it available. They're finding that fungus plays a huge role in actually being that, that link between uh, soil and rock and plant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so in, in farming, you work on you work on, on good, healthy soil. You make sure that the soil's got enough carbon in it. You make sure it's got enough uh, nitrogen in it. You make sure it's got enough all the things it needs. Um, and you, how do you know that? Is it, do you have to do tests? Do you just know from your... You can, yeah, no, there's absolutely, there, there are soil tests, um, and, and all those things, but there's also, like, for us, it's just a lot of raw inputs, like, so, yeah. you know, our, our, our basis here 
is mainly like it seems like we're moving more and more towards leaves. Um, and again, leaves for us are a waste product. Like we noticed, um, all of our neighbors were burning leaves, and we said, "Wow, you know, how can we get a hold of these leaves? Because they, you know, the leaves are how forests make soil. I mean, you know, uh, trees, trees, like forests create more soil than anything. A forest and like uh, prairies where you have buffalo stomping grass into the ground. Right. It's all that's how soil is made." Yeah. So we said, wow, you know, let's put a sign out. So several years ago, we put a sign on the corner that just said, drop your bag of leaves here. And, you know, we probably get a thousand or more bags of leaves <laughs> that now. That is so um, great because that's the community. Like what I was saying, what can, what can someone give who has nothing to give? Like, yeah. You know, you don't have the time, you don't have any, you don't have any vegetables to trade. Give us your dead leaves. Yeah. And, yeah. and it saves that. people from having to, you know, burn, burn them yeah. or, yeah, or, or, you know, how, you know, how do we get rid of them? Oh, check would be better if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the leaves are basically we use them. We mulch around all of our plants. Uh, we do compost them. Um, in between the time we we need them, we use them as weights to hold down our uh, our stuff. What is uh? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So leaves leaves are one of our main our main inputs, and and what's really cool is. We found that because um, another, another thing we you know with, with our style of farming is that tillage is really like a no-no. Like um, the less the less you disturb the soil, the better it does. Really? Because uh, you don't want to till up those the fungus pot communities and the, and the worms and the bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually found like uh, if we put um, let's say like with our potato crop, we'll actually take the time to mulch the whole thing, and um, you know we'll mulch it like four inches thick of leaves. And we found that the worms will come right up into those leaves because the worms want to eat that, you know. Yeah. So you have this like where the leaves contact the soil, you get the worm activity underneath, it makes the soil super light. Wow. Um, we can actually reach in and like hand harvest um, our new potatoes. Wow. So we can we, we go we go through and we steal probably thirty bushels of new potatoes right from the plant. Um, that are in the leaf. Well, no, it's in, it's in the soil. In the, right. It's in the okay. soil, but, but in the soils, top fluffy yeah, layer. In the top fluffy layer, we reach right in, we steal those. And we found the plants and put them right back. You know, like a, a potato plant is basically like a, a solar panel that stores uh, solar energy in a battery, which is a potato. So you steal all them, and the sun's still hitting those leaves. They're still taking that energy. They're just going to put them right back. So, um, yes, yeah, so now we actually hand harvest a lot of our potatoes by hand um, until the until the tops die. Wow. And our yields doubled that way. Wow. Um, so, you know, like these things that, you know, we just kind of, you know, learn, but... Um, but the the leaves allowed us to, to, to keep the soil moist, to keep it uh, really fluffy, um, and then and then at the end of the season, those leaves are pretty well rotted down, and uh, and that soil is super light and dark. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's a light feeling with a dark color. Um, yeah, all that carbon is really good, really good. Right. Um, so yeah, so we do we do. Um, and then you also do hydroponics too, right? So you... we do a little bit of hydroponics. We do uh, we do lettuce. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we do like pea shoots, um, hydroponically, and um, what that allows us to do is grow a lot of material on a very small space mm-hmm. um, with very fast turnarounds. Uh, we don't have any weeding to do. We don't have any um, tillage. I mean, it's super. It's yeah. it allows us it allows us to produce a lot in a little bit of space because our farm's not very big and we don't want to um, over exceed our 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 system's capacity. Right. So yeah. 
so that, rotating soil and everything rotating everything yeah and, and that's why so the chickens are completely free range they just run around they our chickens are what we we, we call them out out um like a lot a lot most most of your pasture raised uh chicken systems are what's called the day range system we have like a chickens um a chicken coop surrounded by uh temporary fencing so what, what we what we do instead of putting the fencing around the chickens, we put the fencing around the places we don't want the chickens. So so we put no, so we we put the chickens um, we let the chickens go anywhere they want in the farm, mm -hmm. except for like in our, where we have vegetables planted in places mm -hmm. where we don't want any chicken mm -hmm. disturbance. Um, and what that allows them to do is basically create their own diet. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes you know they'll be eating broadleaf weeds. Sometimes they'll be eating grass. A lot of times um, during the day when the hawks, you know, it's a clear day and they're worried about hawks, they're like working the fence lines and they're working like our mulch piles and places for bugs. They're worried about the hawks as predators or? Yeah, yeah. So the, wow. they generally are only out in the field, like um, exposed in the, like when, when, when like the, the hours of the day when the visibility is low. Mm -hmm. So like early morning, they're out across the whole field eating grass and bugs and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then during the day, they stick to like the fence line. They stay underneath the apple tree. They, you know, they stay mm -hmm. in, in yeah. undercover. Right. Um, and then in the evening, when the light's fading again, you know, it's almost like when you're driving on the highway. Those times of the day when you know it's really hard to see. Yeah. That's when the hawks don't see well either. I guess. Oh. And then the chickens will go right back out. Right. Wow. So they're the, you know the yeah. smart ones, and then the ones, yeah. that, the ones that the ones that have no sense at all get picked off. That's right, and that's natural selection. That's Sorry, natural selection. dummies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is part of why people always say, "Why are your eggs so expensive?" You know, and we always say. Um, well, by the time like one of our chicken flocks, you know, we'll be keeping two years. By the time they're two years old, we've lost almost half the bird to predators. So I mean, it's there's a huge cost. Wow. Um, in animals, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you have foxes, you have hawks, you have fisher cats. Um, everything. Fisher cats, those big things, new. I've heard they're like that. a weasel. It's kind of oh, like a big. Okay. It's like a big long weasel. Uh -huh. it's, it looks like a cat, but it's longer. Um, and they are. It's a a, a native uh, forest. Thing that when the when Pennsylvania was clear cut, they went, they were gone, completely eradicated. Um, and the game commission brought them back several years ago, and uh, which is good. But yeah. they found out like their their well, their main food source around people is uh, domestic cats and chickens. Oh my god! So yeah, wow. so when yeah. you do get a fisher cat, they hit they can hit you pretty hard. Yeah, I heard about that. The yeah, keep your cats inside or something. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. can they can hit us pretty hard. So uh, but yeah, so we lose a lot of chickens. Um, wow. How many do you lose? Oh, half. half. Uh, I mean, over two years. So two if years I start a flock with uh, 200 birds, you know, I usually by the time we're, we're done, we have 100 birds left. Yeah. Oh, God. And we're getting better and better at that. You know, we're getting as the you know we're we have automatic doors now that open and close on our chicken coops. Um, so as soon as the sun goes down, that door closes. Right. Um, so no one can get in, and they can't get. Out yeah. Out but you just never know. I mean, when a fox finds a way in, yeah, they don't just take one. They usually take 30 to 40. Ooh. So when you do get a fox. You lose a lot of chickens. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. Because they're not used to getting that much food all at once, so their right. their brain tells them yeah. like, get it all, and they'll, they'll actually they'll take them and they'll they'll hide them, they'll dig shallow holes and they'll bury them all in the woods and they'll try and stuff them anywhere they can. Wow. Yeah, I've had neighbors say, oh man, I saw a fox run by like five times and they're stuffing all the chickens oh, yeah. underneath the ferns no. in our backyard. You know, like they're trying to hide them. No idea. Squirreling yeah. the chickens for yeah. the, the frat party later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just get foxes that just seem to kill them just to kill them. You know, just find chickens wow. like just all mutilated. Because, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. So part we, of the big job. Jeez. So yeah. So we've over. You know, we just keep making our pens better and trying to figure out ways to make it. You know, so we're getting better and better at it as the time goes on. But still, you lose. I mean, there's not much you can do about hawks. No, right. You know, middle of the day, hawks gonna come. You know, 
Wow. There's nothing you can do about it. Hawks don't have natural predator, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're protected. Predators, wow. So there's nothing you can do, really. Just do the first one. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to check this and one more question, and then we're done. Cool. And I really appreciate it. One second. Do, 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 do. Great. Awesome. Um, so, what do you eat? Who are you? What do you eat? What do I eat? Um, for breakfast or lunch or uh I eat yeah so it's funny like I mean I kind of eat what's what's available to me um so like when I go to the supermarket I'm pretty much buying orange juice uh milk and orange juice uh yogurt mm -hmm. and then most everything else is is from here yeah um uh we yeah like right now we're eating a lot of lettuce we're eating mm -hmm. a lot of pea shoots mm -hmm. um we're finishing up potatoes we're eating a lot of not really that nice potatoes but you know right they're all right yeah um yeah we're we're eating. Uh, we got you know we got. We Is always, there anything that you don't eat, like a whole category? Right, you're omnivorous. You're. I try to eat anything that comes out of like. So I won't eat cereal. I, mm -hmm. just, I think cereal That's is the worst totally thing. That's totally highly processed. Yeah. It's the worst thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so we like, we yeah. make our own cereal. Um, or we your the cook the your bakery your I mean oh well, so our bakery makes uh, cookie, makes granola. Yeah, cookie was amazing. That we make granola. We also make a granola cookie. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean we. Uh, yeah, I don't eat too much, you know, I don't eat things that are pre-processed. Right. I don't eat, um, so, you know, we, like, we still cook a whole chicken, mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's dinner, and yeah. then that's, like, two lunches. Right. Um, a lot of root vegetables, I love that, you know, roast a lot of root yeah. vegetables, a lot of things that can be a little olive oil and roasted. Um. What morning? I'm just curious. What's that? In the morning? More, yeah. In the morning? So, I eat the same thing every day. I eat, uh, I either eat, um, I eat kefir. With uh, with, uh, a cereal my dad makes called, we call it mush. Yeah. It's a mix of uh, wheat germ, granola, um, whey protein, uh, stuff in it. black seeds. Oh, that stuff is just It's got a lot of super fantastic. healthy stuff. Yeah. 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 Do you, what's your position on vegetarianism or on the, with humans? Do you, like, I feel like the, you know, anyway, just last, well, last question. My, my position is, I mean, I'm an omnivore and mm -hmm. I, that's what I am. Yeah. You know, um, I, I definitely get, I, I mean, I, I don't eat supermarket meat. Right. So I'm fortunate that I have access to animals I know, mm -hmm. you know. Um, if I didn't raise them, like, even like I buy a whole cow from a farmer down the road, I know he raises it the way I want it raised. Yeah. Um. If I wasn't in that position, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think I'd still eat meat, but I would eat a lot less of it. Right. Um, it kind of makes sense that, that vegetarianism also is like a, you know, Weston Price, I'm sure, right? Mm -hmm. Weston Price yeah. Foundation? Yeah. Uh, he talked about vegetarianism, and, and, and it makes sense, because some people really just don't want to kill animals. I get that. And I, you yeah. know, some people don't like it, some people, whatever, but he was saying that even uh, years ago, when people were vegetarians, they were still getting microscopic bugs that are in the plants. Mm -hmm. And that was actually enough of protein for your brain as an X factor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, and so now everything is so sterilized that that's why a lot of vegetarianism isn't as healthy as, but he was just saying that it, that it, it makes you weak, that you, yeah, you know, sure. and that you don't like the eating, even eating lean meat would, yeah. uh, was having, you know, like troops really. Yeah, because that fat, again, that fat carries so much of the good stuff with it. Right. That, that is really a good thing. I eat a ton of fat. Yeah, I do too. And if I'm uh, if I'm not eating bacon or some kind of fat, I'm cooking in fat. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I save all my fat from when I cook. Yeah. I cook, you know, I use it, like my green beans are cooking bacon fat. Or, you know what I mean? Like, right. That's really good Fantastic. food. Fantastic. Um, he was also big on, you know, uh, the alternatives to meat. And, you know, Weston Price very much, I believe, tries to avoid 
story, right? Yes. Yeah. Because when you process that, it's estrogen, you're getting breast yeah. cancer and everything. All these women are eating tofu and getting yeah. breast cancer. And soy is another it's one of the major GMO crops. It's one of the major Roundup crops. It's one of the major, you know what I mean? Soy is, there's a lot of bad stuff. So, so you're, you're trying to... But not the soybean. You eat the soybean. My name is Brian Bruno, this is Apple Ridge Farm and we're in Sellersburg, Pennsylvania. We're a seven acre farm, we produce certified naturally grown produce, we do hydroponic produce, we have a wood fired brick oven bakery, we do a lot of value added products, we do pasture raised chicken, eggs uh, and pork. We also keep about 14 beehives. What makes Apple Ridge Farm unique is, is the extreme diversity we have here. Instead of trying to do a whole lot of one thing, we do we try to do a little bit of everything and, and I think by doing that each thing is better for it. Nature is that way. Nature is very diverse. There's, you know, and, and, and things are constantly changing and there's there's ecosystems within other ecosystems and there really is no waste because uh, the waste from one thing is the start of the next thing. If we have a ton of eggplant that didn't sell over the weekend, then Brian's like, how can we use this? How can we translate this into a value-added food or put it on a focaccia? And even if it does go in the trash, it's going to piggies and chickens. <laughs> we're always trying new things. Like uh, this week we're working on making, uh, we, we make pizzas here, so we're, we're making our own cheese. So I'm really excited to see how the cheese is gonna turn out this week. We're, we're actually, we're just talking today about mushrooms, so there might be mushrooms down the road. The more you learn about food, the more you read, the more you, you realize how the food system works, the more you see it firsthand, being it, part of it, you just realize you know, the right way to do something. The more you know, the more you can't go back to, to doing something a different way. It makes me feel good selling it to other people, too, that I know what all went into it, who touched that, you know, that nothing was sprayed on it, nothing was genetically modified. So that makes me feel really good about working here and being here and working as a team here. You know, everyone believes in that sort of thing. It's a really good environment to be in. It's healthier food, I think it's healthier for people, I think it's also healthier for the planet. It's the responsible thing to do. Wow! What a now now baby!